Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Before I started, I really wanted to get off uh, my chest or out of my heart what God has been speaking to me um, for this year. And uh, every year, Emily and I get away and uh, we do a vision retreat for our church and our family. And this year, we didn't get to get away, but we, we got downstairs and put the fireplace on and put some worship music on. And we just prayed, prayed for uh, hours and, and talked and, and we were seeking God. And I, I just come back, I came back with two words. I just want to give you two words uh, to encourage you to now to explain it. 2021 is going to be a year of uh, God's goodness and his glory. God's goodness and his glory. And I'll explain that to you. Some of you are like, yeah, 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 yeah. So God's goodness is one thing. All right, we, listen, we, we could talk about God's goodness. We, we can look back at 2020 and think, man, were you good, God? God, you were good. Come on. Couldn't, couldn't we say that? You were so good. Even in the toughest times, the things that people have gone through, God, you're still, you are good, your goodness. But it's going to be on a different level in 2021. But God's glory is coming. What is God's glory? God is, that's himself. That's God showing up in, in ways that you didn't expect him to. The one thing I love about God is he's a God of a plot twist. You just know this. You look at the Bible, there's, there's so many plot twists. When all of a sudden you see, it looks like it's nothing, it looks like it's not going to work out. And all of a sudden God shows up, does it completely different. You ever seen that? Come on, you can see it all the way through the Bible. He's a God of a good plot twist. And I believe that this year, God's glory is, is coming in so many different ways. It's, it's gonna be, he's coming uh, through us, but he's really coming in his own way. In, in, in a way that, 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 that's, that says, I'm here. I'm here and you can't deny it. I wanna give you just a quick little testimony of someone that reached out to us on Facebook a few weeks ago and, and it's someone that, that was in a, our, my youth ministry years ago, probably almost 20 years ago. And, uh, and I hadn't, I hadn't uh, talked to him in so, so many years, and uh, he sends us a, a message um, saying, I gotta reach out to you. I, I gotta tell you something. He goes, I, I've been radically changed by, by Jesus. He said, um, he said, I was just, he, he was in a dark, dark place. Uh, marriage was struggling, you name it, just a dark, dark place. And um, all of a sudden, he's just, just kind of fishing on Facebook, and, and, he, and he heard a song that someone else sang, and it was a song, that, matter of fact, that we just uh, sang called Reckless Love. He'd, he, he'd never heard that song before because he just was living away from God. And he heard that song and he, he tried to find out who it was. So he did some research, started listening to this guy's songs. In the middle of him listening and worshiping God, he says, literally, the finger of Jesus came down and touched my chest Matter of fact, let me just read you his exact words of what he says. I think it's so important as we set up this message today and really set up what I believe God is gonna do in 2021, encourage you. He said, he said, listening to Reckless Love, in the middle of singing, I stopped and I started reading uh, Luke 15, which we're gonna talk about today, just happened to being here, the parable of the lost sheep. And when, when he got to the end where Jesus said there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one lost man who repents than 99 righteous men who don't need to repent, Jesus 
came down, put his finger on my chest, and I surrendered to him immediately. It was such a miraculous moment. I was crying out for a good four hours, just crying out to God and saying, I'm sorry for betraying him for the last 20 years and begging him for forgiveness. He started speaking to me and showing me even how I've been living, but how much he loved me. So then he said, I got out the Bible, I started reading it and got another Bible. He says, I just cannot stop praising God. I cannot stop being hungry for God. My friends, when I, when I say that 2021 will be a year of God's goodness and glory, all the people you've been praying for, the people that you're believing for, the, those people that you love so much that are away from God, I'm telling you, God's glory is gonna show up in their life. God's glory, God's glory. The finger of God, the hand of God, the love of God is moving in times that you can't. So I want, you, I want to encourage you with that. Don't stop praying. So I, let, me, let me just throw this in there and we'll get going. So I, ha, I heard this really cool testimony um, over the last few weeks of this lady who had this heavenly encounter. And uh, she said, I, I just, I had this heavenly encounter just like Paul did, but all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm in heaven and, I, and I'm, I, I, I see, but I don't see this bench. I know the bench is there. I can't really see it. It's kind of phasy and, or hazy and foggy. And, and on the bench, I know it's the Father and the Son. It's Father, it's Jesus and, and the Father. They're sitting on the bench. And they're just sitting there, just relaxing, resting. But she said, in this place where, where they were at, it was so loud. There was tons of chattering, really loud, loud chatter. And she, she said, she said, man, this is so annoying. He says, how can you, how can you stand it? It's so loud here. How can you rest? And they were chuckling and they said, oh, those are the prayers of my people. Those are all the prayers of my people. That's why it's so loud. My friends, I'm telling you right now, I don't think there's ever been a, day, a time, at least in my life, that I know people are praying like never before. But I'll tell you something, there's a purpose for that. The purpose of all the people praying, all of your prayers, your hidden prayers, your thoughts, the times when you're on the carpet praying, the times when you're praying for your family, I'm telling you, it's going up to God. It's getting really loud because God's about to do something. God, come on, don't get too excited. 2021 is the year of the plot twist. <laughs> People that you thought, man, I can't believe so-and-so's in church. I can't believe so-and-so's talking about Jesus. I can't believe it. God's glory. God's glory, we can't deny it. Uh, they can't deny it. And it's gonna make you so happy and it's only gonna display the very goodness of God. Two words I got for 2021, God's goodness, God's glory. That's not even the message. That's all just up front. <laughs> just wanna, I wanna share my heart to let you know what's been happening in this dude for, uh, for the last few weeks as I've been praying, praying, praying like never before. I'm sure you have been too. But man, there's a lot of chatter in heaven right now. There's a lot of noise in heaven because I believe God's about ready to get something, do something powerful. He's about ready to answer your prayers, my friends. Be encouraged, be encouraged, be encouraged. Am I in the right church this morning? Okay, you guys, give me some hallelujahs. Give me something, man. Come on. Come on. So we started a brand new series called Love God, Love People. Say love God, love people. So a famous preacher who was not here, but he'd gone, he's gone to be with the Lord now, had a heavenly encounter with God, similar to Paul's encounter in the Bible. We talked about that for weeks called Open Heaven. 
One thing this preacher heard when he had this encounter was this. When a person meets the Lord face to face for the first time, before they walk through those pearly gates, they are asked this question. Did you learn to love? Did you learn to love? On this earth, while you're here, did I learn to love? Did you learn to love? Think about it. Now, I know that was his, that was his testimony, but I would say that pretty much would line up to what Jesus would tell us today, right? The words he would speak to us about they will know them, each other. They will know us by the love we show one another. Say, love God, love people. It's never too late to learn to love. It's never too late to learn to love. You're probably thinking here, man, I haven't done a good job in my life of learning to love. It's never too late. Matter of fact, today I hope you race home today. I hope you race home today. I hope before you even leave this place, if you're married, if you got your family with him, you hug them so tight. You hug them tighter than you've ever hugged them before in your life. Hug your spouse tighter than you've ever hugged her before in your life. Call up that family member you haven't talked to in years and love them like you've never loved them before. So as we enter a new year in 2021 and beyond, this million-dollar question that I hope will be answered is, did you learn to love? And even the bigger question is, will you learn to love? Will you learn to love? Love is so powerful that when you actually put it into action, it has a ripple effect that will, that will leave you staggered on what one little act of love can do, true love in, in, in a person's life. Love is not only the goal, it's how we gauge our lives as followers of Jesus. It's the standard that we are reminded of daily. I would say it's the vision with a mission. As a matter of fact, that's our new motto around here. That's the new statement. That's what you're, at Res Life, what you're going to hear is love God, love people. I love it because what it does, it puts the pressure on God, but it also reminds us, hey, this is what we're supposed to do, right? You're going to see, you're going to see it displayed. We got some t-shirts coming. Love God, love people. Say love God, love people. It's, it's vision with a mission. So when people come into my life personally, when they come into this church, what I, what, what I believe that they're going to see is they're going to see, oh, they love God and they love people. That's it. Simple as that. They love God and they love people. Vision with a mission. So Jesus shows us this truth right here in, in this statement that he makes in Matthew 22, 36 through 40. He says, teacher, which is the most important commandment the law of Moses Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Look at the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Let me say it this way. In other words, if you get this one right, you can get it all. All right. If you get this one right, you can get it all right. 
Everything hinges on this commandment. Love God, love people. When I first gave my, my life over to Jesus, I was just a brand newbie Christian. I remember a particular Sunday dinner discussion. I will not mention the people at that table. Um, I'm not going to say who was there, but we were all having discussion, and I mentioned something I learned at my church that day. I, I didn't, they didn't go to their church, but uh, I mentioned something I learned. I said, I, I said, I learned today that we are supposed to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I said that. I said, I said man, I, I, was, I was a brand new believer. I was extremely excited about what, I, what, what I'm finding, my freedom in Christ. Uh, but, but the reply I got to that comment was, it surprised me. And this is what was said. You can't love God that way. It's impossible. You go, they, I remember they say something like, we are depraved, sinful, even wicked people that could never love God that way. And immediately... I heard, the, I heard myself say to me or to God, I said, well, God, why would you tell me to do something if you know I couldn't do it? And he wouldn't. Jesus would not give us the greatest commandment to love God with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength if he knew we couldn't do it. Why would he do that? True? Just two and two, right? So that was my initial thought, but I, I understood what they were saying in a sense, but I, I'm just telling you that, that when I gave my heart to Jesus, all right, my heart was bursting with freedom and joy and gratefulness and the love of God, love for God. It was spilling out of me. I couldn't contain it. God was flowing naturally out of my belly, was flowing rivers of living water. That's just what was happening. So I realized that that, that statement that was coming from a, I believe it was a religious background saying, you can't do that. Come on. I understand kind of what they were trying to say, but it's not true. Because I, I think it's, you could say it this way. I, I could say that God is, God is saying, I want, you, I want to teach you how to love, Right? I want you to learn how to love, but I would say it this way. God just wants love to flow. All he's saying, listen, in us, every single person here who knows Christ, who has God in them, has an unlimited flow of God's love. Problem is, we don't know how to let him out. The challenge is we are walled up. We, we are, we're, we're, we've been hurt and wounded. That, that, that love is kind of sitting there and locked in a storehouse. The guy says, I got tons of it to give. So really, it's not even about, you know, none of us are perfect in the natural, but we have an unlimited flow of God's love that he wants to release right now in this moment. At least that's what I've learned. But I understand what they're trying to say. He knows that we won't be perfect at it, love God, love people, but he knows we can learn it and we can get better at it. We can let it flow freely. And I believe when it does, it changes us and our surroundings. Now, if you've ever lived for any moment of time on this earth, you've realized that there are days that, listen, we love God with an exclamation point, And we love people with a question mark. Don't we? <laughs> I don't know if I love that person today. But I love God. Sometimes we love God with a question mark. Do I love you, God? Right? Am I loving God? How, how, how do you do that? All these questions that we have. Sometimes we love God more than we love people. We love God less than we love people. Jesus is saying, you can love them equally. 
In other words, he's saying it doesn't have to be a chore. It doesn't need to be such a heavy thing or an overwhelming burden. It actually can become easy. Why am I teaching or why are we teaching people that following Jesus or or being a Christian is so difficult? When Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Now listen, you're going to have trials and tribulations in life. But listen, letting love flow and letting God in and in and out really isn't difficult. It's light and it's easy. We put so much pressure on ourselves and we literally teach people to perform instead of just kind of let it flow. Come on, let it flow, right? Let it flow. I threatened the church the last service. I want to come down and just give you the biggest ooey-gooey, gushy hug right now that I could ever give you. Not gonna. I know, I'm I'm making you feel really uncomfortable, you you know, burly men and women, whatever, but (laughs) because, because listen, that's what God wants to do. You know, Jeremiah, you know, you know, God wants to just grab you right now and he wants to hold you and hug you and give you the, the most overwhelming embrace that you could ever experience in your life. That's what he wants to do, right? Question is, will I let him do it? I believe God wants it to become natural. And over time, we'll get better at it. It'll get easier as we learn to love. So let's take a quick journey here as we start this message series. And, and don't miss this because we've got a, a gamut of or different speakers that are coming in to, to, to just, or are gonna speak to us about this idea of love God, love people. So I wanna, so you're not just hearing it from one dude who only is limited to one, one part. That's, that's what I am. So I want you to, to hear the, the parts of it. How can I fulfill the greatest commandment of all time? Because I believe what you do first will set you up for the rest of the year. This this message is so important that it sets you up for the rest of the year and beyond. Love God, love people. The truth is, it is impossible for me to love God apart from God. You know that? It's impossible. John 15, 5, I'm the vine you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. In order to start learning how to love God and love people, number one is we must know him. We, we must, and he must know us. And I'm not talking about head knowledge. I'm talking about a heart knowledge, a firsthand experience with God's love, just like this young man I talked about where he cried out to God, God touched his chest and changed his life. That's the kind of thing that we need to experience, right? A true heart experience with, with, with Jesus. A, G, a, come to mo, a come to Jesus moment that changed you forever. That's why sharing the gospel is so critical. How in the world can I give, how can I sell something that doesn't mean much to me? How can I sell something that has not been personal to me? There's one thing that you can never take from me, and that's my personal relationship with Christ and my testimony and how he set me free. I got that. He gave that to me. I received it. 
But if I went to you and started giving you all the head knowledge about Christ and everything around me, listen, in about 15 seconds, 20 seconds, you'd be like, oh, that, you know, that, that's not true. He doesn't believe it. Is anybody here today? It, there's got to be something that happens in me that changes me. See, the Bible is true. Changed my life. Jesus is real. He changed my life. Can't deny it. I'm changed. I wish you'd have known me before Christ. You'd be like, oh, yeah, that dude's changed. <laughs> He's definitely different. He's definitely different. <laughs> I'm not saying you watch me, but I, I, I worship God right here. I, I worship God. Now, before Christ, you wouldn't catch me in a church lifting up my hands in front of anybody. You, there's no way. There's no way. But today, I don't care. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Jesus changed my life. More than head knowledge, it's a heart change. But I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't love God apart from God. It's impossible. So that's when we come into preaching the gospel, giving our testimony of a heart change. Because knowing him is loving him and others. First John 4, 8, whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love, right? We have a social media Goliath that encourages looking good on the outside, portraying a life on the outside that does not match or reflect the inside. When it's the inside that God is looking at, 1 Samuel 16, 7, you've heard this before. Don't judge by his appearance or weight, talking about bringing David in as the next king, or actually talking about Eliab here, the tall, dark, and handsome one, for the, but he says, if I've rejected him, he says, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Look at people judge. That could be a home, listen, people judge. People judge. <clears throat> by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. So let me just say it this way. In, in order to begin, in order to fulfill the, the most important commandment, we, we must be changed on the inside first. But look at this. I'll say, let me say it this way. I cannot love God until I let him love me. I cannot love God until I let him love me. I've mentioned this before, the God to me is the God through me. The God to me is the God through me. We have a tendency to run away from God's love, but God wants close. He wants relationship, an intimate relationship. He wants to dance. And I realize it can be a frustrating dance at times, stepping on toes, awkward movements. But know this, God is okay with it. As long as you are close, as long as I'm close, that's all that matters. I'll never forget, I used to do jail ministry for, for years, early on in, 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 in ministry. And I remember hearing the story of this well-known preacher who went to a, um, a, 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 like a supermax prison where these were, these were the toughest dudes uh, that you could see, just they were in there for life and beyond. 
And he says, I went in there and I was a little apprehensive and, and all of a sudden there was a, a huge room filled with a ton of security guards and, and a lot of, lot of, you know, characters in there that were, that were uh, dark, um, you know, and, 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 and just you could tell they've been through a lot in their life. And as the worship is going, he turns around and, and looks back for a moment and all of a sudden he hears this voice and the voice says, you see that guy behind you? And this, there's a guy who's about six foot five, tattoos everywhere, with a scowl on his face. Didn't even want to be there. He just happened to get out of his cell. And here he is, here he is in this room. And, uh, and, and, and the Lord says, see that guy? And he goes, he goes, I want you to hug him. And he immediately thought, that's not God. That's the devil. So he went back into worship. He said, get this thing off my back. There's no way I'm going to do that. This guy was, you know, just menacing. And, and, and this true story, true story. And, and, and the guy goes, so all of a sudden he worships again, and the Lord speaks to him again. Did you hear what I said, son? I want you to turn around and give that guy a hug. And he went, oh, my goodness. And so all of a sudden the music stops. He grabs the mic. He goes, hello, I'm so-and-so. And he says, but I got to do something. I need to be obedient to God before we start this service. And he looks at the guy and he says, and it has to do with you. And the guy looks at him like this, mean-faced. He goes, the Lord wants me to do something with you. <laughs> and, the, and the guy said, well, you better do what you need to do, <laughs> what he said. And he stepped off that little platform, put his mic down, and grabbed a hold of that six foot five, six foot six mammoth of a man and hugged him. And in about 15 seconds later, this huge burly man just fell. He melted to the ground, weeping and crying. He couldn't stop crying from this hug. And the guy goes, man, what did I just do? Everyone's stunned that this is what happened next. All of a sudden, hands start going up. Hands everywhere. I want a hug. I want a hug. I want a hug. And literally said the rest of the service, he said it went hours, a line formed of men who just wanted a hug, wanted some love. Question for 2021. Will you learn to love? Will you learn to love? Love will change something so radically and so quickly. And I tell you what, it is the devil himself that wants to keep us from it. You have an unlimited supply of God's love. Unlimited. Unlimited. And the world is waiting for that hug or for something to change. So as we get going here and get you out as soon as I can, probably by Tuesday, but it's good. Amen. <laughs> so dive a little deeper really quick. I want to give you this powerful story, and then I'm going to give you a few things that, uh, that, that, that I, I'm praying. Let, you know, listen, I, I'm going to give you, I'll, give, I'll speak to you for another 15 minutes. <clears throat> Or so, but I'm praying for a love anointing in this place. I, like I, I could, I could say all I want, but I'm just praying for God's love to anoint you. I'm praying that that when you get 
in this place, somehow God gets into those nooks and crannies of your life and puts the truth in there like you've never heard before, like you know God loves you. You leave this place and know that God loves you. Jesus tells a parable in Luke 15. It's to two groups. Remember, there's always two groups. Say two groups. <clears throat> in this one, it's sinners and in the, in the self-righteous or the religious elite. Those who didn't know God but wanted to and those who thought they knew God but really didn't want to. It's always about two groups. And by the way, we choose the group. I choose the group. Here's, here's the parable. Jesus has a master plan when he gives it, Luke 15. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son had told his father, I, don't, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. So both sons got the inheritance. <clears throat> A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. If it didn't get any worse, now he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him to a field to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. And then, the plot twist. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But, woo, but his father said, uh-uh, we ain't having that. Said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Now, before we move to that next verse, remember there's always two groups. Here's the next group of people right here. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field working. When he returned home, he heard music dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants, what is going on? Your brother's back, dude, he was told. And your father was, has killed a fattened calf. We are celebrating because of a safe return. But the older brother got angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And all the time you never gave me a young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me. And everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. 
He was lost, but now he is found, and the story ends, and the son, the older son, does not come in the house. See, there's always two groups. There's a sheep and a goat. There's one in the field and one, one not in the field, right? Sinner and the saint. There's always two groups, and the choice is, what group am I going to be a part of in 2021? <clears throat> because when I say God's glory and goodness is coming, you're going to be surprised at the people who turn their hearts to Jesus. And I hope that our responses are, party, it's time to party. Those people who didn't treat you well, those people who even abused you, those people that you thought, man, if one person I don't want to go to heaven, <clears throat> it's that person. It's that person that may have treated you that way that God is saying, no, I want you to pray. I want to hear some chatter in heaven because I want them. That's the prodigal son and daughter. That's the glory of God. That's the goodness of God that we're going to see in 2021 as we keep praying, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. One son comes close, the other doesn't come in. One son receives love, the other rejects it. But this story is actually about the father, more so than it is the son. Because it's a parable that gives us a clear picture to understanding who God really is. I wanted to start this year with the clear contrast of who God is compared to everyone else. There's no one like him. There is no one like God. There is no one like our father. He is a good, good father. It's who he is. And we're loved by him. He's love. We see a father patiently waiting, but no doubt praying and pleading for his son's return. And, when, and then we see this in Luke 15. Here's your father. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Just let that sink in for a moment. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about my father. I'm talking about your father. I'm talking about almighty king of heaven and earth. That's who we're talking about. There's no one like him. Can you see his love for you, his passion, his pleading, his patience? So today, open up your heart to his love. <clears throat> let me say this. Let, 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 me, let me plead with you today. Plead with you listening. Let God love you first. Let God love you first. The father in our story was always giving the example of the loving first. The prodigal son knew that he loved people first. He loved his, the workers. He loved the servants first. That's what the father did. He loved them first. Right? He says it this in Luke 15, 17. He says, Humiliated, the son finally realized what, what, what he was doing. He thought, hey, there are many workers at my father's house who, all, who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. <clears throat> the son saw how much his father loved his servants, the workers in the house, first. See, if the father had treated them in a selfish way or uncaring way, unloving way, the prodigal son may never have come to his senses. What, what, what am I saying? You know how important it is for God to love you first? Because when you let God love you first, 
people around you see it and they'll come home. Please hear that. When, when, when you let God love you first, the people in your life are gonna know that God loved you first. Right? And that causes them to come back to Jesus. Come back to the Father. This is important. Say, God, I let you love me first. That's how God rolls. That's the gospel. First, first John 4, 19, I'm telling you the truth. We love because he first loved us. I didn't do that. It's the only way I can love is because he loved me first. For God so loved the world first that he gave his only son first. While we were yet sinners, God loved us first. Here's the problem. There are so many people trying to be first with their good deeds, with their performance, with all these things. They're trying to be first. And, by, and, and you know, I, I think it's, that, that, that's true that they seem to win every time with this performance-based relationship. They cross the finish line unknowingly pushing Jesus aside because they want to be first. Is anybody here? <clears throat> performance. Performance-based religious duties first before relationship first. And so we push Jesus aside. We don't really receive his love. Newsflash, he won. He already crossed the finish line. <laughs> Do you know that? He already got the blue ribbon and the trophy. So if he already finished first, let him love you first. I couldn't love him first. I could have never accomplished that in a million years. No one could have. That's why he stands out. He stands tall above all, above Buddha, Muhammad, Hare Krishna, Santa. He won. No one even comes close, not even, not even near, n n nowhere. Huh? First, Jesus first. So let me ask you this. Are you happy on the inside? Do you have peace on the inside? Are you loved by God on the inside? If not, please let him love you first. Some of you trying to love him so much by everything you're trying to do. If I just do this just right and that, you're not gonna. You're not gonna. Let him love you first. I'm not saying good works are good. That's fine. But, that, but don't, let it, don't let it come before him loving you first. And let God love you lavishly. Say lavishly. I hope I'm making you uncomfortable. That's a great word to know because let me just define it for you. Rich, elaborate, luxurious, giving great amounts without limits. We say it again. Rich, elaborate, luxurious, giving great amounts without limits. A profusion of abundance. Isn't that what God did when he gave his one and only son? Listen, he must value us a great deal. Who would do that for a people who didn't know him, even rejected him? Can you see even a glimpse of this rich, luxurious, elaborate love without limits? If not, start looking a little closer or a little farther. Let me explain. It's all around us in creation. It speaks of God and his love for us without limits. I don't believe there's life on other planets. <clears throat> I think God had one son for one planet, Earth. 
God, uh, this is what I love about God. This, this is why I, I just know that he, he has us in his mind. He values us this much because he makes earth, puts mankind on this beautiful little round ball hovering perfectly in the universe. And then around it, he puts all this other cool stuff called his glory to make us shine even more. In other words, we are, you are, the exquisite, priceless, rare, one-of-a-kind diamond in the room, in the universe. Do you know that? Do you believe that? You're it. You're the priceless jewel that God made. The earth is that. Like I said, maybe you weren't here when I heard this story, but in the summertime, it was about midnight, maybe one in the morning, and I like to sleep. And when I'm in sleep, you don't want to wake me up because I get cranky. But Emily happened to wake me up about 1230 because she wanted to go outside and look at the stars. I said, Emily, what? And then I thought, I got really smart. I said, this could be good for my marriage. So I got up, I put a blanket out on the, a blanket out on the, on the, uh, uh, the driveway. She laid down. I laid down for about five minutes, went back to bed. She was out there for about a half an hour. But this is what I want to say about her experience, and I know this. Some people look up at, some people look up at the stars and see a little dipper. And some people look up at the stars and see a big lover. And that's what she saw. She didn't, she was, yeah, you can see all that wonderful stuff. But when she looks up at the stars, she sees how much she's loved. She sees that she's the rare diamond in the room. This earth. You guys see what I'm saying? You're valuable. God wants to lavish and has lavished his love on us. Here's the father again in Luke 15, 20. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, this diamond in the room, embraced him and kissed him. You seen that? Look how God wants to lavish his love on us. 1 John 3, 1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is who we are. Do you see it? Come on, just think for a moment. Think how much God loves you because I can't love God until I let him love me first, lavishly, and unconditionally. Say unconditionally. It's a big one. We're almost done. We are inundated with another voice that says, you should be ashamed of that. You'll never be forgiven of that. God doesn't love you after all that you've done. Why bother even going down that road that leads to God? That, that is, that is a, a, a demonic spirit. That's a father of lie. Don't listen to it. God's love is unconditional. God's love is unconditional. Now, God's unconditional love does not mean I have God's unconditional approval. Please hear that. But, but that's another message. I'm not going there right now. 
You just need to know this. God's love is unconditional. It's constant. Difficult to understand because in the world we live in, there's always payment for everything we receive. It's just how things work. But God is not like that. I love what Brennan Manning said. He says, God loves you unconditionally as you are and not as you should be because nobody is as they should be. True? But as I went before, people judge. See, we, we, we can't be people that judge at all. Judge not, like we have to get rid of judging and we have to only move towards loving. Oh, one of these churches. So here's my, my initial version when I, heard, when, I, when I read this. When I read this story, I was just putting myself in the story of, 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 you know, if I was the dad and Levi had taken half of, my, my, of his inheritance and he basically said, you know, I don't want to be around home anymore. I don't even want to be around you, dad. I've, I've lost respect for you. That's really the message that was being sent from the son is I've lost respect for you, dad. I don't want to be with you. I want to do what I, what I want to do. That's exactly what was happening. Matter of fact, because, because, of, the, uh, because of, of what the son did, the townspeople, because of the law, actually could have stoned him to death, could have killed the son. That's why the father ran to him. That's why he, he was like, he got to him before the townspeople got, got him. You guys get that? So this is a serious deal. <clears throat> and I thought, well, Levi did that, and I'm, I could be stewing, man. Hope that boy learns his lesson. He comes home. And maybe I'm eating lunch, and one of the messengers, person comes to me and says, hey, Levi's home. You tell him when I finish my lunch, maybe I'll have a talk with him. Or maybe I say, you know, <clears throat> I think I need to make him suffer. I think I need to teach him a lesson. You tell him he's going to go to his room for a month, and after the month, then I'll come speak to him. That's how humans respond. That's not how God responds. I'm going to say something that's going to make you mad or happy. God will not make you suffer to teach you a lesson. Do you see that story? Do you see, do you see what could have been done in, human, in, in our human, uh, humanness? Saying, no, 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 I got I to gotta teach him a lesson. See, he did this, he did that. I gotta, I, we do that, don't we? But, but the father didn't do that. Did the father do that? No, he didn't. This is why it's such a contrast from who we are and who God is. <clears throat> Doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, we're having a party, man. That's what he did, have a party. Do you see God's love for you? Do you see how awesome of a father that we have? I just want to come down and give you a hug. I wish I could just rub your head and make you believe it. <clears throat> God, listen, God will not make you suffer to teach you a lesson. I feel like, I'm sure the people are like, hey, well, that, that gets me excited. We make people suffer. <laughs> we teach people a lesson. And I know some of you, I just went to the book of Job. <laughs> Listen, you guys. 
Everything I'm talking about, I'll, I'll, you, if, if you got to read everything you th- in that Bible from the perspective that God is love, you have to read everything that you read in this Bible from the foundation of God is love. Has to. It's a love letter to us. God is coming to rescue. He's a rescuer. Love is not something God chooses to do or give. It is the very essence or core of who he is. He doesn't just love. He is love. 1 John 4, 16, we know how much God loves us. We put our trust in his love. God is love. Motivates his every action, directs all of his activities, and reflects his passion and desire. His unconditional love will never fail, endures forever. It's never motivated by personal gain. Have you ever taught your children a lesson? (laughs) I have. I have. And you know what I did? I did it out of fear. Because I thought, if I don't do this, say this, then in your mind you think, oh my goodness, prison, right? (laughs) You're like, no, 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 no. That's not how God rolls. Really, come on, we've been there. That's not how God rolls, you guys. Does that make you feel loved and lavished down that God would do that for us? I'm almost done. I feel, think about Emily's testimony and how, you know, she was attacked and kidnapped and beaten and could have lost her life easily. Was going to, but if God hadn't intervened. And I thought, how did that work out? Because here she is attacked by a random person. And they caught him and he went to, you know, went to prison. And um, she came to the point where she said, I need just as much unconditional love as that man does. And when she realized that she was a sinner, like she needed help, it's when she received unconditional love that she began to give unconditional love and it changed that man's life. He gave his heart to Jesus in prison. Let God love you unconditionally and we're almost done. Let God love you now. Say now. Right now. Don't wait. There are too many tragic stories of people who never let God love them and they live their final days in great regret of it. Can you just think of the story, how the story ends with the other son not coming in. The other son never came in. The father pleaded with him, come in and celebrate. Nope, it ends. It ends. Tragically, that's what happens in people's lives. But it's never too late to love. It's never too late to let God love you. You have to start this series out this way. I could have started out, okay, I'm going to teach you guys how to love God. I'm going to do, you go to church, you read your Bible, you pray, you blah, 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 you do good works. And you'd be like, oh my goodness, man, no way. No, no, no. It's got to start this way because I can only love God because he loved me first. It has to start this way.
The lost son didn't waste any time. He's like, I'm, I'm going now. I'm going now. Don't wait one more second. It's hurting you and grieving God. He's waiting, and the moment you glance his way, the moment you turn towards him is the moment he runs to you. See, if you made a big mistake, God loves you. If you ran away from his plan for your life, God loves you. If you rebelled and shook your fist towards heaven out of frustration and anger, God loves you. Now just head back to him. Turn to him. Just glance towards him, and he will come running. See that? He comes running. Not to teach you a lesson. Not to throw condemnation on you. To flat out, lavishly, unconditionally love you and I first. See, it's that goodness that's going to lead the people that you're praying for back to Jesus in 2021 and beyond. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, right? The goodness of God. And when God's glory shows up, he himself, his presence, it's going to change people like, you're going to be like, how did that happen? Well, God's glory, he gets all the glory. Turn. He wants to put a robe on you and a ring on your finger, sandals on your feet, and lavish you with his love. I can't love God until I let him love me first. Let's pray. You're in this place. You're listening online. I know we went a little longer today, but it's good to start this year and this message with love God, love people. But it's even better to start it out by saying, God, uh, I can't love you until I let you until I let you love me. Let me ask this question. Have you ever let God love you in that way? Have you ever let God run to you and kiss you and, and, and put a robe on you? Have you ever let God tell you that you're royalty? Have you ever let God, God uh, see all of your mistakes and everything you've done and say, no, I love you. I love you even more today than, I, than, than yesterday. That's the kind of God we have. That's what I love about God. He's so different. He's not like anybody else. Oh my goodness. Would you please, I plead with you to let God love you first in 2021. And then we're gonna learn how to love him and love people. So this is your prayer right here. And we can pray this together. It's really simple. This is gonna be an organic prayer. Pray with me, say, Say, Heavenly Father, I open up my heart right now and I choose to let you love me first. I choose to let you love me lavishly. I choose to let you love me unconditionally. And I choose to let you love me now, Jesus, come into my heart. Fill me up with your love. And let me know that I'm your child forever. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Yeah, woo! Hey, thank you guys for hanging a little longer today. It's great.
Great word to go into 2021. I'm so excited. God's glory, God's goodness. We love you. Let me just pray a last prayer. Lord, bless everyone here. God, I pray for the anointing of love, a love anointing like never before, God, to get into our homes. I pray that, that marriages are restored with love, families are restored with love, God. God, that we, we do things in love that we've never done before that change, changes the environment, God. So Lord, I pray over us, all of us here today, God, and we give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Love you guys. We'll see you guys next week. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.